We begin today the Gemara towards the bottom of Dafnundalar Amud Bey, six lines from the bottom of the Amud. Imratza The Mishnah said, if one wants to add any more amount to the basic amount of Iksube, which is 200 for a Basula, 100 for an Almana, he can add whatever he wishes. So the Gemara here is Medayik, the exact words the Mishnah uses. Ratza Lichtaivla When the Mishnah talks about the husband adding to the ksuba, it doesn't say if he wants to write into the ksuba more money. What does it say? The, the expression the Mishnah uses is that he wants he can add to the ksuba. What's the difference between these two expressions? So Rashi explains if it would just simply say you can write in more money into the ksuba, so that would mean you can write in whatever you want to the ksuba, but it doesn't become an integral part of the ksuba. There's the actual ksuba itself which is mana or masayim. And that is the additional gifts that the husband wants to give his wife, but it's not part of the ksuba. But when it says lahaisif, when it uses the expression lahaisif, so that means it becomes an added, I'm adding it to the ksuba itself. So once you add it to the ksuba itself, it becomes like the ksuba itself. Now what does it mean it becomes like the ksuba itself? So the Gemara says, So this proves what Rav Eivu said, the name of Rav Yanai. All the conditions that are added into the Ksube, are equivalent to the Ksube itself. Whatever halachas apply to the Ksube itself, and as we'll see over here, there's all kinds of halachas, and how the Ksube is collected, when it's collected, and what method. The same Allah is applied to all the additions in the Ksuba. And what we're speaking about over here is this additional amount that the husband added, all the Allahs of the Ksuba itself apply to the additional amounts that the husband gives. So the Gemara here brings a bunch of nafkeminis, a bunch of details that we see regarding the Ksuba itself. Nafkemine, the nafkemine will be as follows. I believe the Gemara here brings in all 14 different details of halachas that apply to the Ksuba, and they'll also apply to the Taisus Ksuba to what the husband adds. So the first one is something the Gemara spoke about before. A woman that comes and sells her ksube. She sells the ksube to her husband. That is, she sells the rights of the payment of the ksube. That you can buy the rights to collect it instead of her. Or the husband will buy the ksube from her that he will not have to pay it out to her if he divorces her. Or or she forgoes on the payment of the ksube. So if she's forgiving or, or selling the payment of the ksuba, that includes also the additions. We're not going to say that she only gave up the basic ksuba, but not the taisvis. If she forgave the ksuba or she sold it, it includes also the taisvis ksuba because it becomes part of the ksuba itself. Lemeredes, there's a halacha for meredes, a woman that is rebelling against her husband. She doesn't, she's not interested in having any marital relations with him and she's not living with him. So then the Mishnah tells us later that you slowly begin taking away from her ksuba. We'll learn this about this later over here, not, not, not too long. In Tafsamach Gimel, we'll talk about how every week you take away a certain amount of ksuba, and if she's still rebelling against her husband, eventually she will lose her ksuba altogether, and the husband will divorce her. So when we re- detract, when we take off from the ksuba, we deduct that is from the ksuba, we're also going to deduct from the taisvis ksuba, from the additional amount that the husband gave her. Pegemis. Then there's also a halacha of pegemis. Pegemis means when the husband and wife are having an argument about the payment of the ksuba. The husband claims, I paid you the whole ksuba money already. And she says, no, you only paid me a certain amount. That's what's called pegemis. Pegemis means, she says, a certain, she's pegem, in other words, there's a blemish, so to speak. She says, only a certain amount you paid me. What's the halacha then? 
Once she admits that a part was paid for her, now for her to collect the rest of the ksuba, she's going to have to make a shvua for this. She'll have to swear to collect the rest of the ksuba. So, so the same... The same halacha applies also regarding the taisis ksuba. If the husband and wife are having an argument about the additional amount that the husband promised her, the same halacha will apply that she'll have to swear to collect this. The other halacha is l'tevas. We learned this before, that a woman that comes and collects her ksuba, or she's demanding to collect her ksuba, from that point forward, she doesn't get fed anymore. The mezayin is that she gets fed, she doesn't get fed. So this applies also to the taisis ksuba. Once she demands it, she doesn't get fed. Ulaiveres aldas. The halacha of a woman, which will also be later here in the Masechta, that is a vera saldas, she's not, not acting religious, and because of this, her husband could divorce her without paying her a ksuba. so that refers also to the taisus ksuba. that we don't refer to it only as a gift, but we refer to it as something which is integral to the ksuba, and she loses this as well. L'shvach, also the, the, the halacha of shvach, so Rashi here brings, that if you have properties, from the father. So of course the ksuba is being collected from the properties of the father. But she could only collect from the properties of the father in their condition, the way they were when the, when the husband was alive. But whatever improvement that was done to these properties after he passed away, she cannot collect the ksuba from there. And that includes the taisis ksuba as well. She cannot collect from any improvement of these properties. The shvua. There's all kinds of scenarios Rashi brings up over here that when a woman collects her ksuba, she's going to have to swear before she gets the ksuba. Rashi brings, for example, if the husband is out of town and she's collecting the ksuba and not in the presence of the husband, she's going to have to swear before she gets her ksuba. If there's an Eidechod that comes into the Bezdin and says, your ksuba you already collected. So now she's contradicting the words of an Eidechod. She's going to have to make a shvua. So all of these different halachas apply to the Taisus ksuba as well. Ulushviyas, the halacha of Shmita. We're in Shmita now, right? What's the basic halacha of Shmita? We just had it in Parshas Re'eh, Shmita's Ksafim, that if there's money that's owed and Shmita passes, so all loans become nullified. But that does not apply to a Ksuba. What a husband owes his wife in the Ksuba does not become nullified by a Shmita, and that includes the Taisvis Ksuba as well. It also does not get nullified by Shmita. Ulukhaisiv Kalnachasav Levanov. The halacha of a person that went before he passed away, he gave all of his properties as a gift to his children. Ligbais min hakarka. Ligbais min to collect from karka. So this is the halach of a person that wrote, like I said, all of his properties to his children, but he left one small piece of karka for his wife. And he said, from here, you can collect yuksuba only from this little piece of karka, whatever it is. So then she could only collect from that piece of karka, and otherwise she doesn't have any other place to collect her ksuba from. She loses her ksuba. So it's just, the same thing also applies to the tasteless ksuba. And also the halacha of ksuba, that you collect the ksuba only from the inferior quality of the properties that a person owns. Same thing applies to taisus ksuba. Right? Usually when it comes to any loans that a person owes, so where is it, where, where is it collected from? From bainanus, from, from medium, medium uh, uh, from the properties. But over here, you collect only from the zibudis, and that's true with the taisus ksuba as well. And the Chazman Shehi Beveisavia. Then there's a halacha, which will be also later here in the Mesechta, regarding a woman that's either divorced or widowed. So there's two things that could happen. Either she's still living in her husband's home. So the halacha is, if she's still living in her husband's home, she can collect her ksuba indefinitely. But if she moved in back to her par- with her parents, so then the Gemara says she could only collect the ksuba up to 25 years. Past this, if she did not collect the ksuba, that means that she forgave the ksuba, she can't be meichel it anymore. And this halacha applies to the taste of ksuba as well. 
And finally, the last halacha, which we learned before already about, is luksubas benin dichrin. The halacha of the luksubas benin dichrin, which means that if a person has a wife, two wives, let's say, and there's the children of one wife, the children of the other wife, if she passed away, and then the husband passes away, the husband has to pay out the ksuba money to the children of that wife. Besides the general Yerusha, those children get the ksuba money, they get the dowry that she brought into marriage, and also the Taisvis Ksuba. The Taisvis Ksuba also goes to those children of this wife. That's the condition of Ksubas Benin Dichrin. Okay, now the Gemara brings up Ksubas Benin Dichrin, which is really a continuation of the Sugi of the previous Patek, where it discussed the whole Allah of Ksubas Benin Dichrin. Here the Gemara brings a Machleik is about this condition of Ksubas Benin Dichrin. So Yitma we learned Ksubas Benin Dichrin. This Allah of Ksubas Benin Dichrin, which again is the, the sons, the sons of the wife that get the ksuba that was owed to their mother. The mother oh. passed away, and now the father is going to give, is going to pay out that, the, the possessions of the father has to be pay, paying out this ksuba to the children, oh. specifically the sons. So here there's a machlaikas about this. Pumpadisa, Amri. Pumpadisa say mm. that, that's the chacham of Pumpadisa, that leitarfa mimishabdi, that they cannot collect this unique ksuba that they get from their mother, from, from what was owed to their mother, so they cannot collect this from Mishubadim. Mishubadim in Gemara always means if the father's properties were already sold off to somebody else. Okay, so if only, they, they could only collect from what is right now in the father's uh, possession. He passed away, and whatever karkois, whatever properties are there available, not Mishubadim, what he sold off before he passed away. Why is this? Because Yarsun Tanan. They had a version in the text of the Ksubbe Yarsun, that the Benin Dichron Yarsun they will inherit. They will inherit this ksuba from the mother. So children never inherit any properties that the father sold off before he passed away. Once he sold it off, it's not part of the Yerusha. So the same thing regarding the ksubas bin Since it says Yarsun, so they don't inherit, they can't go collect this ksubas bin from properties that were sold. However, the people of Masimachasya said, that you could collect this ksubas bin even from the properties that were sold already. Why Yisvun Tanan? Their text in the ksuba was Yisvun. That they take. They take, meaning they, 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 this is something that they deserve and get and take even from properties that were sold off already. It was owed to them before it was sold to somebody else, so they take it. The said, the halacha regarding this is, they cannot collect from Mishabodim Yarsun Tanam, because we are greatest Yarsun, the text of the Ksub is Yarsun, so it's a Yerusha, once it's sold, they can't collect it. Another Machleik is here, the Gemara is going to bring a few different arguments between the Chachamim of Pumpadisa and the Chachamim of Masa Machastia, not all unnecessarily related to, to each other. Metaltali. Now, again, a halacha regarding Aksube, this is Metaltali means if the husband, before he passed away, he designated Metaltalin and he told his wife, it's these Metaltalin that you're going to collect the Aksube from. And those Metaltalin that he designated for his wife to collect from them are here. So below Shvuah, she could go and collect from those metaltlin without any Shvuah. Uh, usually the halach is when a almana comes to collect a ksuba from the Yisayimim, she has to first make a Shvuah in order to be allowed to collect it. Why is this? Because there's always a concern that possibly before the husband passes away, he designated money in the bank account somewhere for his wife to collect the ksuba from. So she's coming out to the assignment to collect the money, and really somewhere there's some concealed bank account that she already has the money for the ksuba. We're always afraid of that. 
The expression the Gemara uses is, Maybe there's a bundle of money that he put away for her somewhere, so why is she coming to the assignment? But over here, in this case, though, we're not afraid that maybe there's a bundle of money, because here's the bundle. We see that he set aside these metaltlin for her to collect, so she can just go and collect them without any shua. Now, less nubeinai. What's if this bundle of metaltlin that he put aside for her is not here anymore? It got lost. So now the question is, could she come and collect from any other properties with the, without a shvur? So the Chacham of Pompadisa said, she can collect without a shvur. Because since we do know that the husband did put aside these metaltalim for her, we're not concerned that since it got lost, that there's some other bank account that he put aside for her. We know that this is what he put away for her, and that got lost, so she doesn't have any other source to collect her ksuba, so she can take without a shvur. However, the people of Masamachasia say, since it got lost, she'll have to collect only with a shvu. We're concerned that maybe there's something else that the husband put aside for her. The halach is, she collects without a shvu. Another case, if the husband designated a certain property and he designated it very clearly with all four borders of exactly where it is that she should collect her ksuba from. So then, it's very clear what the husband set aside for her, so she collects that without any additional shvua. If he designated a property, but it wasn't very clear exactly what the borders of what it is that she can collect from. He just said one border of where this property is. So over here, because it's not so clear what he designated for her, Pompadisa still say that she can collect from here without a shvua. However, the people of Masamachasi say, since it's not so clear what he designated for her, perhaps there's something, some other place that he really did designate for her, so therefore, she'll have to, she'll have to collect only with a shvua. The halacha is that she collects without a shvua. Another halacha, and this doesn't pertain particularly to a but this is b'chlal. A person says to witnesses, kisvu v'chismu v'hovu Go and write and sign and give this property or this item to this, this individual. In other words, he's appointing a shliach to go and give money or uh, to go and give a property to somebody. Now, so I think actually the Gemara and the simple pshat here is speaking about money. Go, go and give this, this money to somebody. So konamine, if there's a Kenyan made over here, in other words, the shliach. Made a Kenyan. What's a Kenyan that's usually made in such a situation? This is a Kenyan with a handkerchief, right? So they picked up a handkerchief and they made a proper Kenyan to, to receive this from the giver, to give over to the person that he wants to give it to. Then, they will not have to consult with him again before they actually give it. Because once you made a Kenyan, it's done. So, there, so we, we know that it's, uh, if you made a Kenyan, he wants them to write and to go and do it. But if a Kenyan was not made, so now would they have to consult with him before they actually give? So in Pompadisa they said they still do not have to consult with him. The people of Masamachasi say that they do have to consult with him. The halacha is that they still will have to consult with him. Okay, maybe I confuse this with the next Gemara. I love that it's talking about money here. It's talking about anything, give to give anything. Okay. Huh? No, right, so Rashi says clearly karka. Right, Rashi says clearly karka. karka. Okay, in the next Gemara we'll see it's talking about money. Okay, let's continue. Rabbi Laza ben Azariah, the next thing we had in the Mishnah was, Rabbi Laza ben Azariah, there was an argument in the Mishnah regarding the Taisvus Ksuba, whether that's something you pay after Edison or only after Nisu and after full marriage. The Tanakhama said that 
if a woman gets divorced or widowed, whether from the first stage of marriage, the second stage of marriage, she collects her full ksuba, not only the basic amount of mon and masayim, but any additions that the husband wrote in the ksuba that he wants to give her, he has to collect, he has to give it right after Edison. Abulaz ibn Azariah said, no, there's a distinction. The basic amount of the ksuba you get after Edison, but any additions the husband wanted to give, he does not intend to give it unless he's going to get fully married to her. Even though he wrote it into the ksuba, it's there, she already got it. But nevertheless, we know, we could assume that the husband does not want to give these additional gifts unless he's going to be fully married with his wife. So therefore, she doesn't collect that until Nisuin. Says the Gemara, "Yet me Rav and Rav Nosson, Rav and Rav Nosson argued about this. Chad Omar Aloch Kerebi, Kerebi Allah Ben Azayah. One of them said, is we paskin like Rav Allah Ben Azayah. The Chad Omar Ena Aloch Kerebi Allah Ben Azayah. And another said that we do not paskin like Rav Allah Ben Azayah. So the Gemara will now try to figure out who is the one that holds like Rav Allah Ben Azayah. So the, 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 just as an introduction for the next piece of Gemara, this will be a sugya that will discuss this concept called Umdina. Sometimes, even when a person says something clearly, or sometimes when a person writes something clearly, even in a document. But nevertheless, we can assume what a person was thinking when he wrote this. And even if he didn't write a clear condition, what he meant, with a, if we have a clear assumption, we can rely on that and say that that's what he meant, and therefore, it, it, it only takes effect when that condition that we know he meant is, is here. So therefore, the model will bring us who is the one that holds that we rely on Umdana? Right over here, Rabbi Allah ibn Azariah is basically saying we rely on Umdana. He gave his wife a ksuba. He said, I'm giving you all these gifts, the additions, the taste of ksuba. But nevertheless, what do we say? We have an Umdana that he didn't mean to give it to her until he actually gets fully married to her. So if you're passing like Rabbi Allah ibn Azariah, you're relying on Umdana. So to him, let's prove that Rabnasan who the Amma Allah with Rabbi ibn Azariah. It's Rabnasan that said that we're passing like Rabbi Allah ibn Azariah. Shamin and Layla Rabnasan, because we know that Rabnasan said the Azul Bas Umdana. He follows this idea that we could rely on the Umdana on us estimating what the person was thinking. The Amir Rabnasan, Rabnasan says, Halachik Rabshimin Shizuri. We pass Rabshimin Shizuri in two things. One is Bimasukan, regarding a person that's about to die, and he's about to die, and he says that he should go ahead and write a get for my wife. But he didn't clearly say, give it to her. So we say that since we see he's about to die, even though he didn't clearly say to give it to her, but we could assume that that's what he meant. So we see that we rely on the person's, on, on, on us estimating what the person meant. He didn't stop say, write a get to make a joke with her. He meant to give her the get. So even if he didn't actually say it, we could assume that's what he meant. Now there's another halacha the Gemara brings up here that uh, Rab Nassim says that the halacha is like Rab Shumi Shizuri. It's not really related to what we're uh, trying to prove here. The other halacha is regarding the betrumis meiser shel demai. Regarding the halacha of trumis meiser of demai, the halacha of demai is produce that comes from an amaoretz, and when we, we can't rely on amaoretz giving the meiser, so when you buy this from the amaoretz, you're gonna have to give the meiser yourself to the levy, and then when a levy receives meiser, what does he have to do then? This is actually in last week's parsha. The levy has to give the trume to the kain. That's trumis meiser. So the case that it's talking about over there regarding the Shimon Shizuri is what happens if now this Trumas Meister that was separated got mixed back into the Chulim. Got mixed back in. So now if it gets mixed in, so the halach is that if it's not enough to become bottle, if it's not one against a hundred, so now it, all of it you can't eat it because it has, it has Truma mixed inside the Chulim. 
So what are you going to do? It's a major loss. The only one that could eat it is a Kayan. So you'll be, maybe be able to sell it cheaply to a Kayan. So Rav Shimon ben Shizuri is Meikul. Rav Shimon Shizuri, that is. Rav Shimon Shizuri is Meikul. And he says, even though usually we do not rely on Amar, that he gave Maiser, but in this case, because it's such a major financial loss, we could just ask the Amaretz, did you give Maiser or not? And if the Amaretz says, I gave the Maiser already, so then we know we will rely on him that the Maiser was given. And whatever other Maiser you took now is not really Maiser, so it's not really Trumas Maiser, and it'll be Mutaf so even though usually Chachamu were machmer with an Amaretz, here because of the financial loss, they were makel with the Amaretz. This is the other case that he also paskened like Rebbe Lozim and Azariah. But the point, again? No, no, nothing to do with Umdine. But the, but the point over here is that in the first halacha we see that he paskened like Rabbi Shem and Shizuri, that we rely on Umdine. So therefore the Gemara says that it's Rabbi, Loz, it's Rabbi Nassim, that is, that's paskening like Rebbe Lozim and Azariah. So now that would mean that Rav that disagrees with Rav Lozav and Azariah is because he does not rely on this concept of Umdana. We can't come and estimate a person's thinking. Does Rav not rely on the concept of Umdana? But Va'itmer, we learned the following Machlaikis. Matnas Shchivmira, a person that's about to pass away and he's giving a matana. Shekosov Ba Kenyan. And when he's giving this matana, he also writes in the document that that it should be a Kenyan, that he's actually giving it through a Kenyan, selling it, or ma- making a proper Kenyan. So now, the point is, usually when it comes to a matana of a shchivmera, a person that's about to pass away, you do not have to write a proper star with a proper Kenyan. And the reason is because the person's about to pass away, and he's so worried about this. We want to give him to be calm that whatever he says will be fulfilled and will be done. It might, it might actually cause him to pass away earlier if you write, if you, if you make him so nervous that he has to write a Kenyan. But over here, the question is, what happens if it comes to a matana of a shchiv that you did write a Kenyan inside? So now the question is, the way we define a gift from a person about to pass away and the halachas that apply to something that's made with a regular Kenyan, for a healthy person, they don't have the same halachas. So here you have a gift of a person that's about to pass away, but the language of Kenyan that's used for a healthy person is written in it. So how do we treat this document? Do we treat it like a matana of a shchiv person passing away? Or do we treat it like a person that's healthy and making a Kenyan? So the Gemara says as follows, by the yeshiva of Rav, they said in the name of Rav, that it's both arkeve atrei rikshi. This is an expression that we, we say that it's riding on two horses, mm-hmm. meaning that it's going to have both halachas, and the Gemara will soon explain the relevance of this. It's <laughs> going to be treated like a gift of a shchiv mirah, a person passing away, and a gift of a healthy person. Shmuel Lama Shmuel says, I don't know how to deal with such a kind of a document. It's, it's a, it has a contradiction in it. On one hand, it's a gift of a person passing away. At the same time, it has a Kenyan in it of a regular healthy person. So the Gemara explains, This that they said in the Yeshiva of Rav, that it's riding on two horses, what this means is, On one hand, we treat this like a gift from a healthy person, and also, And we also treat it with the halachis of a person that was about to pass away, which means as follows, We treat it like the gift of a healthy person, 
any If he actually recovers and he does not pass away, he will not be able to retract from this gift. One of the details that there is by the halacha of a person that gives a gift when he's about to pass away is that we say if he passes away, you have to fulfill what he said, even if there was no kinyan made. But if he recovers, then the whole the whole matane does not take effect at all because you know he only did it because he knew he's passing away. But over here, because you wrote a kinyan, it'll take effect either way, even if he doesn't pass away. On the other hand, it'll have the halacha of a shchiv that if this person comes and says that I have this money that I owe that and that person, we're going to say that money is going to have to be paid to Pliny. So here Rashi explains, we're talking about money. What you're saying is that this money that you have belongs to that person. How, how did you... How, how, you want to make a Kenyan. You want that this money should go to, to the other person. Sorry, let me just explain that again. It doesn't mean the money that you, uh, that you owe should go to Pliny, but rather what this means is that money that people owe me. The person is saying money that people owe me, instead of me being paid this, it should be paid to Pliny. So you're basically selling, you're, you're giving over the rights to collect the loan to someone else. How are you going to make such a Kenyan? The rights to collect money to someone else with a suder, with a handkerchief. Again, the Kenyan of a suder. That's what Ashi brings over here. But here's the problem though. The Gemara says in Bab Metziah that one of the limitations of the Kenyan of a handkerchief, of a Kenyan suder is you cannot make a Kenyan of a suder when it comes to money. You can't. The, the, the money, the, this is the whole sugi in the Gemara and Hazav there, where it says that Kesef, Matbeya, is not Nikna Bechalipin. So over here, if a person wants to sell money, he cannot do it with a Suda. It's going to have to be with another Kenyan, not with a Kenyan Suda. So over here, because the person made a Kenyan with a Suda, if he would be a healthy individual, the Kenyan would not take effect. But because he's a Shchiv Mirah, and a Shchiv Mirah does not have to make a Kenyan, so it will take effect. You're going to have to give the money over to that person because a Shchiv Mirah, whatever he says takes effect even without a Kenyan. This is Rav's opinion. Shmuel Omar, what did Shmuel say? I don't know how to pass about this. It has two contradictory terms in the Shtar, so we don't know what to do here. Maybe he only wanted to have a proper Kenyan like a healthy person with the Shtar, and then Shtar Lachamisa. And if so, it can't take effect because it's written in the Shtar that you should give it after he passes away. But once he passes away, the seller, the person giving, is not alive, so it can't take effect. So, what's the Gemara's question here? Right here we see that Rav says that when you see a contradictory term in what the person was doing here in the star, what do we do? We're not going to say like Shmuel that we don't know what the person was thinking because we just look at the, at the literal text and we're stuck. Rav says, no, you don't have to look literally what it says in the text. You have to estimate what the person was thinking. And based on the umdan of what the person is thinking, we're saying that you have both aspects, the Kenyan, like a healthy person, and the Matana de Shchivmira. So how can we say that Rav does not hold of this concept of umdan, that we estimate the person's thinking? The Gemara says now, a bit differently than we said before, Ela, Tarvayu, both Rav and Rav Nosen, Ozli Basa Umdana. They agree that we do follow and we estimate a person's thinking. So now, the one that says that we pass in here, like, like Allah ibn Azariah, that says that you don't give the additional amounts that the husband gave as a gift to his wife in the Ksuba until she's fully married. Shapra, we could understand that because we estimate that he didn't mean to give her to her at this point. The one that says that we don't pass in like Rabbi Allah ibn Azariah, it's also based on a certain estimation. 
And his opinion is that we actually understand his thinking differently. We estimated that he was thinking, the reason why he gave this additional gifts to this wife that he's married to, the first stage of marriage, is because the closeness he feels to her. That, that itself is the reason he gave it. And therefore, as soon as he's married, the first stage of marriage, he's already close enough to her and, he, and he's giving it to her. So the Machlekes is not whether we rely on Umdana or not. The Machlekes is how do we understand the person's thinking when he wrote these additional gifts into the Ksobe. And therefore, both Rav and Rav Nassim agree to the concept of Umdana.